It is hour two of the game. No Royals tonight, right? No, they uh, go at uh, seven ten, don't they? Oh, today. Believe I know so. there's Baltimore, right? I didn't Correct. Think they were yeah, it's open over four. Oh, that's right. They are playing today. Okay, so it is a four game series. So yep. we do have Royals baseball tonight, six thirty for the pregame and first pitch at seven ten. You spooked me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I was, I was, I was hoping I wasn't getting my dates mixed up. Which I immediately went, oh, I hope I'm not getting my dates mixed up. Well, and like, I know like next week they have like a 245 first pitch. Uh, out west because they're at the Giants. Yeah. yeah. So that means we. I don't think we'll have a show next Wednesday, but um, we will have some Royals tonight. And yeah, Baltimore's terrible. So ba- Baltimore's terrible. Kansas City will win one out of four. The, the Giants uh, starting next week are meh. It's going to be the Angels and the A's that could get interesting. When they're out west. I see the Tampa Bay Lightning have tied up the Eastern Conference Finals at two game apiece. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. I'm so, rooting for the New York Rangers. They're they're my adopted NHL team. Home team has won all four as they go into game five tonight at Madison Square Garden. Can you name two players on the Rangers? On the Rangers? Uh Shishurskin's the goalie and I want to say Kucherov, but I believe he's Tampa, actually. You could throw out any name you want. I, there's no way. I, I mean, I could look it up. But uh, yeah, uh, Mark it, it, doesn't ma- it doesn't matter to me because the Avs are just sitting there twiddling their thumbs waiting for the rest of That's them. That's right. They're going to eat them up. Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist and uh, Mark Messier. Uh, uh, that would be a ways back, my friend. Messier's doing TV for crying out loud. <laughs> and even that, it's like he's getting like old for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> what channel is that uh, Live Golf on? Is it on anything? No. They, so they, they didn't get a TV they, no, deal for this first event? <laughs> nope. I thought they did. No. Hmm. Are they it's even going to play? It's got to oh, be online. there's probably that, but. I mean, these days, if it's online, it's TV. Sure, sure. Is there an app? Yeah, Bally Sports. I got to see how they play Blood Money Golf. No doubt. What's the difference? Good Lord. Blood that- Money Golf. <laughs> These are for high money. stakes, baby. Uh, da, 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 da. What is the format? What is the prize money? Meanwhile, how- while you're looking that up, how about this news earlier today? There yeah, is no just more. streaming on YouTube and Facebook. Dang. Arlo White is anchoring the three-person broadcast booth. Love that guy. So it's three people, but only one person, or three person booth, but only one person. No, three person booth, basically but Arlo calling the play by play and two analysts. It's like it's it's like the or wrestling an thing. Tournament. It's like the wrestling thing. They're like, we'd like uh, Pat Summerall in there, and we'd also like Payne Stewart to come in. Two dead guys. They don't even know if they're alive. They're just like, yeah, John Madden and Pat Summerall are going to join him in there. Poor guys. Did you see the? Uh, the Outback Bowl is no longer the Outback Bowl. What? Yes. It yes. is now the ReliQuest Bowl. ReliQuest, something like that. ReliQuest. Is it ReliQuest? Yeah. Hmm. Whoa, um, that sucks. Yeah, but, but yeah, no c- more. No Cybersecurity. No more fight for the Blooming Onion. <laughs> That's messed up, man. I So I'm not the biggest fan. I, I love bowl games. You know, the, the name of it. I It can be goofy. I'm okay with it. That's a lame name. Yeah. I, the Dollar General Bowl is a lot better. Sure. I Since it's in Tampa Bay, how come Long John Silvers didn't go after that one? <laughs> they could have had... So much yeah. fun because of where it's at. The pirate ship in the end zone. 
that was tailor-made for the Lon John Silver's Bowl. Oh, that would have been perfect. Except they're out of Kentucky, oh. if, I, if I remember correctly. Yes, they are. Oh. And uh, this ReliaQuest is out of Tampa Bay. I just don't get it, like, why these companies don't realize how, how it drops the game's legitimacy when you name it the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, when you name it the Cheez-It Bowl. It's Name it the Cheez-It Cactus Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Popeye's Bahamas Bowl is perfect. I think. Quick, can you I, tell I me, agree with you. Can you tell me who the sponsor of the, uh, of the Copper Bowl was when K-State went in 93? Yeah. I have no idea. Ma- uh, Master Locks, right? You're close. Wiser Lock. Wiser Lock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, as my friend Delos Yankee put it at the time, those uh, those hurt a lot worse than if they were throwing the oranges or tatillas at us. <laughs> a lock? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to the copper ball! Ah! Stop! Clink, clink, stop! Clink, clink, clink. Ah! I guess you got you, you, the very good point. Point taken. They want to. They want you to know who's sponsoring it. They want you to remember that. It's just so weird, man. It's so weird. The Cheese well, It Bowl. Th- Outback is one of those names, though. Like, yes, it is a sponsor, but it's a great name. I even though this is totally not yeah. Australia, right? Florida is about as close as it gets to the Outback. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't know. I thought it had been the Outback because that's what the name was. I didn't know that it was Outback Steakhouse had taken. They that had over. the money for that kind of dude. Gig. That's some for serious. a long time. I was yeah. a little def- devastated when uh, Tostitos quit sponsoring the Fiesta Bowl. Same. I thought that was a wonderful marriage. Mm-hmm. It sounded great. Yeah, and yeah. now PlayStation. I mean, right? I'm a gamer. PlayStation's cool. I used to own two of them. But it just weird. doesn't have the fit. It doesn't. It's have not the, the right fit to me. And you know, it really bums me. And out. Nokia Sugar Bowl is another one. Perfect. I like. It just sounded right. I just like. I don't know what makes that sound so perfect, but it does. I'm really. The logo bu- look good. I'm really bummed out that they get PlayStations if you go to that bowl. Like that always makes me so jealous. And I'm like jealous of like a 19 year old kid. I just hate it, man. It's one of those weird things. Like it's something we shouldn't be angry or obsessed about. Yeah, but we but are. it just is. Once you get used to something, it sounds right. The game has some sort of prestige. Uh huh. I mean, uh, was it JB on. Yeah, Javion Clowney. Am I saying his name right? Yeah. Uh, Jadavion. I'm blanking on uh, Clowney. Uh For some reason, I'm blanking on the first name. I do that sometimes. Jadavion, yeah. Jadavion. But uh, when he laid out that hit, that was at the Outback Bowl. Yeah, Outback. Yep. Anyway. The Southwestern Bowl Cotton Bowl. Remember? Or Southwestern Bell Cotton Bowl. The Culligan Holiday Bowl. Culligan. Ah! That was another one. That was another one. Yes. It was yes, Culligan. Yes. It, or, and then it went to, was it Holiday Life or? Yeah. 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 Pacific Life. Pacific, Pacific Life. Life. With a whale. Yeah. 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 Weird, mm. man. Weird. Welcome to Consolidation in America. Yes, sir. And the advertising dollar. Oh, God. 537-1350. I've seen this topic on Twitter the last couple of days and definitely feel free to call in and share your stories. The best and worst encounters with opposing fans. And I decided to bring this up as a topic today because I've enjoyed on Twitter just kind of looking at the comments and sharing what people had to say about and it's been just in general on Twitter it's been all like bad encounters. I threw in the best because I've had some great encounters with fans out there and I think that deserves to be shared. But I like the horror stories as well. Like the bad times. I know, you know, K-State fans I'm sure aren't all innocent anyway. Like I'm sure there'll be opposing fans from 
you know, from Boulder, Colorado that had a bad experience in Manhattan. But that's not to blame K-State for that. It was just that one fan being a ding-dong to people visiting the area. It's happened all over the place to everybody. So if you have any story you want to share, 537-1350, feel free to call in. But I know in this room alone, there are some good ones that did take place in the cliche area to share a story about that, and that would be Boulder, Colorado. (laughs) Would have been my first trip into Boulder as a member of the marching band, but also just had not been to a game in Boulder ever. And it was 90, 1990, and we would march the next day at the Chicago Bears-Denver Broncos game at Mile High. So that made it a very cool trip. But... This was back in the day, being 1990, they were still selling beer at uh, at the stadium at CU before they decided, yeah, we kind of got a uh, reputation here. Hold on, hold on just for a second, because I, I want to ask about that, since you just brought it up. Mm-hmm. Because I know I'm definitely in favor of K-State adding beer sales to football mm-hmm. games, mm-hmm. but what was it like, what was the reaction to when that was taken away. Yeah, good question. I don't know what oh. what the overall reaction was at that point. But the problem was is that they had ongoing incidents at Folsom Field that yeah. prompted them to, which made it all the funnier that the event center was named after Coors. <laughs> uh, just, just as a side note. So, uh, so traditionally, um, even when we've been on the road, you know, it, it, at that time, sometimes the band would be able to get out on the field and do the post-game concert, even on the road. We learned very quickly that wasn't going to happen that day. Uh, they allowed a lot of fans onto the field after the game, and all right, we you know K State got our butts beat that day, sixty-three to nothing. Ooh. It was yeah, it was harsh. Um, and you know, so all right, fine, let's you know play our post-game and we'll get out of here, and. While the crowd is down on the field, our cheerleaders are there, and Willie is still intermingling with the crowd. Little kid, maybe not more than nine, comes trotting up to Willie, kicks him in the shin. Okay, Willie's good-humored guy. He he, he, kicked in the shin, though. he, He goes trotting after this kid. Just, you know, good-looking, hey, I'm going to chase you down type of thing. Now, remember, these are. this was the day of the wildcat head. The scary one? Being all furish on the outside. Yes, this was before they turned it into the power cat uh-huh. head. And it was built around a football helmet, 25 pounds. Wow. Oof. So, here's Willie. Real name John, by the way. <laughs> and he's making his move, chasing after this kid. Just just an easy little trot, nothing, nothing major to it. Out of nowhere, Colorado fan holding a beer clotheslines him. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> we had to walk to our buses. After we were done, and the cheerleaders' vans were parked in the same area. And that was as livid as I think I have ever seen John. (laughs) 
But did it kill because, that guy? <laughs> pretty much, because the guy practically killed him. Yeah. I clotheslined him because he was chasing after the kid. Oh, no. I got to say, I know that was not a good thing to happen, but picturing Willie the Wildcat getting kicked in the shin by a kid is hilarious. Yeah, I know. What a I mean, just the, I, I love Willie. I, I love our mascot. But just the image is is, oh. is, is a bit funny. To After me. 63 nothing. After yeah. that. Ugh. It, it, the, I'll tell you, I do miss the days of Willie and Chip getting on the skateboards and coming down the hills from the locker room <laughs> at the at the veneer end of the stadium. That's awesome. 537-1350. Let's go to Ron, who has a story about Colorado. What's up, Ron? Yes, um, I went out to a K-State-Colorado uh, football game at Boulder. They uh, It had snowed and snowed enough to where they had banked all the snow up to the seats off of the field. And uh, when uh, the uh, Buffalo uh, mascot come out, uh, it run into the snow, snow drift. And it took uh, a while for them to remove that <laughs> buffalo from the and 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 one additional thing, K State won that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Wow. Uh, thank you, Ron, for the call. That's awesome. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> uh, can, can you imagine a buffalo getting headlong into a drift and oh, getting stuck? God, the buffalo's probably having fun. You know, he's probably like, yeah! Valid. Oh, um, <laughs> Nebraska fans. I went for the last K-State game at Nebraska. Uh, Grant Gregory was a quarterback. Oh, Indom- nine, right? Yeah, Indomitian Sioux. They had Indomitian Sioux so that, that year. Wasn't that the game either we're not going to a bowl game or we're or, going to the Big 12 championship? To the championship. That, that was so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never, ever ever been treated worse on the road than I was at that day. It was terrible. And I was like, this is 70 years of us getting just creamed by you. What do you have against me? What have I done? And, yeah, they were horrible. They were terrible. The the Johnny-come-latelys, man. Come on. That's right. They were terrible. Um, I will say one thing. What experience with Colorado fans here? Um, there was a couple, it was the last Colorado game that I ever, that they ever played here at the bill. There was a elderly couple and I'm talking 85, 90. I mean, they were so old. (laughs) They had made, they had accidentally made their way through the dirt parking lot on the, it was the West side or East side. So. Uh, they're trying to walk, th- and they're confused. Uh-huh. They are so confused, and people are giving them uh, the business. Mm. And the softy that I am, I couldn't take it. I was like, people are getting in their faces. These people are like 90 years old. So I walked them through the parking lot, and it was one of the – it was – I thought – of all the times I've heard about how terrible Colorado fans are, and I, that's the, – they are by and large the – have the worst reputation. They are horrible. I thought maybe this will be. I'll I'll pay I'll pay it back. I'll pay it back by being a nice guy. And then more people actually came around and there was a group of us that walked these people through but they were struggling. Struggling hardcore, but I'm glad I did it. I don't mind. Have I told the story of the streaker at Iowa State? <laughs> no. No, I think I've heard a story about that. 
That one was a classic. Uh, yeah, we were there because we were parked at the uh, parked in the one end zone, um, and which was a new spot for us. Actually, uh, this would have been '93 because they just had put those bleachers in in the end zone and uh, beneath the the scoreboard. So not at the uh, not at the Trice end of the stadium or at the uh, at the uh, uh, basketball arena end of the stadium, but the open end. They had put in those bleachers, and so we were seated there. And sideline uh, for K State is literally, you know, in front of us. And the streaker comes all the way across the field, <laughs> all the way from one bench to the other. Are we talking buck naked? Buck naked got got in the neighborhood of Snyder. Wow! And before the cops caught up to him and were able to start parading him out. That was one of the most entertaining things was watching the police literally cluster around this guy to try and hide him from the crowd. And you've got an entire marching band that's taunting him as he comes walking by with the cops surrounding him. But he he got across the entire field before the cops got to him. And Snyder was trying to figure out what was going on for a few moments. And, yeah, he had a couple of great lines about that afterwards. I don't have... Like a road horror story. I do have a friend one time that I've heard this story many times of them going to Boulder mm. and it was the Ron Prince year where they won with Jordy Nelson. And they were telling me that throughout the game they had sandwiches thrown at them. Mm. And apparently the story oh. is that fans, they snuck, they, uh, snuck in or just brought in like a platter of sandwiches and just kept chucking them. Oh, wow. Oh, see you. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> see you at one game that I know KU's band was at gave out muscle milk bars. And each of the sousaphones for the band I know got dented. Oh. Because oh. those suckers were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, there's a lot of horror stories out there. And again, 537-1350, feel free to call in if you have any stories, good or bad, about interacting with other fans from other schools. You can also bring up NFL, or because I'm sure there's some NFL stories out there, Chiefs fans. I, I have a Hutchison Solvox story that well, is, man. We'll, we'll get to that here in a second, but I do have a, 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 a nice story about the folks in College Station, Texas. We'll get to that after the break, but right now... Uh, Let's hear from these words here on The Game. We're talking best and worst encounters, home or away, with opposing fans. 537-1350, waiting patiently. On line number one is Matt, who has a couple of stories for us. What's up, Matt? How's it going, guys? Good. Good. All right, so best, uh, 2004. 14 or 15, Oklahoma, a buddy and I drove down, tailgates were great, we sat 40-yard line, row one, behind the OU bench, and and their fans were amazing, thanks to us for coming, never talked bad about OU fans after that. Nice. Uh, they were, they invited us to their tailgates, we went to their, quote, Aggieville afterwards, and people were buying us beers, and K-State actually won by one point that game, and it yep. was still... Uh, last Bill Snyder's last game at Iowa State, um, my wife and I went up, sat 40-yard line, row 17. We got invited to halftime with these random people. They were just shoving beers to us. Uh, 
thanked us for coming. Won't say anything bad about Iowa State fans either. Very nice. Very nice. The, the Oklahoma but, one is crazy because you we won. You would think they'd be like, "All right, get out of here." <laughs> yeah. They were cool. And we even went on the we even went on the field afterwards, and they were fine. So wow. cool. Wor- worst. Um, my my roommates in college had a connection at the University of Missouri for football <laughs> tickets. So we we piled in a van, drove to Columbia. Um, walking into the stadium, he hands us our tickets, and they are University of Missouri student tickets. So there's four of us in K-State purple in the middle of the Mizzou student section, <laughs> and I cannot repeat things were said to us on air or the amount of things thrown at us uh, during the game. K-State was down 21-3 to at halftime and won 35-24. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I remember that one. We left the stadium very, very quickly and stayed in groups of at least two or three. <laughs> yeah. Wisely, wisely stayed in groups of two or three, yes. Oh, yes. God. Now, so, did, did you have something about Chiefs three, fans? But, uh, the last time I went to a Chiefs game, and might be my last ever, the drunk Chiefs fans around us were worse than any other fans I've been around. Uh, and And... Like one guy knocked my wife down in wow. the third quarter, and yeah, it was uh, very disappointing. So I watched Chiefs from home and K State in person. There you go, Matt. Thank you so much for the call. Awesome guys, have a great one. Appreciate you. Yeah, you, you too. Brother. To speak about Chiefs fans, I would imagine it's been said before. I've said it before. I feel like NFL fans can be the worst yeah. to deal with yeah. when you're there live and in person. Because they do get a little bit lit, and it is a tough look when they're belligerent and drunk and acting like fools and, like Matt said, knocking his wife down. Yeah, it's a tough look, but I'm sure it happens across all 32. My brother was taking his son, who's now a freshman at K-State, but back when he was much younger, taking him to his first Chiefs game. And he said that he sat him down and, you know, before they even considered going, said, all right, you're going to need to understand this. You will see a lot of things that happen in the stands. Do not ever act like any of those people. <laughs> That's great. You do need to sit a kid down and say, "Really?" I mean, and 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 this was even you know lower deck, sure. not not horrendous seats in terms of uh, in terms of being up in the in the uh, nosebleeds or any of that. No, this was through one of his coworkers, and you know. He's uh, he's like okay. This is a much different atmosphere than going to a Royals game. You need to understand. Do not ever act like these people. Oh man! See the thing is like I, my NFL experiences really haven't been that bad. I've seen a bunch of drug people acting like idiots, but I've seen it at concerts. I've seen it at street dances. Sure, yeah, uh, it can happen anywhere. Now, I've had a lot of great experiences from. Uh, Allen Fieldhouse. The KU fans were awesome. We got our butts kicked the year we won the Big 12 in, in 2019. That was my only trip to Allen Fieldhouse. KU fans were, were just fine. Nebraska, they were cool. I went to the last Nebraska basketball game for K-State, and they were fine. But my favorite story was in College Station, Texas, and a group of friends, we went down there. A friend of mine at the time uh, knew some people that lived in Dallas, and then well, their kids lived in college station so we got invited down or whatever and so we went to a k-state texas a&m game for basketball and the the k-state lost the game 
The fans were fine, no big deal. Afterwards, we go to like to their Aggieville area. We go out to this like barbecue place. It was really good. The owner of the bar, and none of us are twenty one, come up to us and goes like, "Hey guys, heard you lost. Feel sorry. I'm, we're glad you made the trip. How about a uh, to to make your day better? How about a couple of pitchers of beer?" <laughs> and we all look at each other like, "Uh, sure, really <laughs> we'll take a couple of pitchers of beer." <laughs> Those two pitchers turned into two more. <laughs> and then a couple of more. Yes. And we, I think all but one, were hammered. <laughs> I mean, we got drunk at this College Station Texas bar underage. We bought some t-shirts. I remember, like, we just barely got out of College Station. A buddy of mine's just puking on the side of the oh. road. Like, but the hospitality's been really good. Oklahoma State was just fine. I, 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 I've never really had any bad experiences. I can't really talk... I remember North Dakota State, when they visited here in 2013, mm-hmm. they were all like, I, I was like, I met a couple of them, and they were like, everyone I experienced are like, all telling me, like, can't wait to beat you tomorrow. Like, talk a little bit of trash, yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. friendly trash. Yeah. But I know you have a Salthawk story that apparently is pretty good. Hey, man, so when I was at MHS, old MHS, uh, we played Hutchinson, the Salthawks, in the playoffs two years in a row, my junior year, my senior year. So... Um, my junior year, they came up here, and it was the first time since like 1925 that they were in the playoffs. They had been terrible for like 60 years, and so now they're really good. And this was the team of destiny. They had that D'Angelo Green was their running back. They had another Abernathy at quarterback. They were really good, and they were coming up, and they were going to be the team that was going to go up play to Olathe North. They're going to beat Darren Sproles and the Olathe North, you know, uh, Eagles. So they came to Manhattan. We beat them. Spanked them. And so the next season, the first playoff game, what do you know? On the road at Hutch. And their stadium, the opposing bleachers are under, or the opposing uh, locker room is under the bleachers. So you have to go, you have to like, when you walk in, you're walking right towards the people, the stand, the fans. And so we lose in a halftime. We come out of there crazy, psycho. Come out, win the game in overtime. They fumbled on fourth and one at the one, and we recovered, scored in one play. We huddle up as a team, and we're like, man, let's get out of here. So we're running back towards our locker room, and so it's all Salt Hawks people, and they're just staring at us. And then the chirping starts. And, I mean, it's curse words. There are people flipping us off, cussing at us, and this, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it till the day I die. A lady decked out an entire Salt Hawk stuff. I'm talking <laughs> hat, coat, pants, stickers on her, her cheeks. Salt Hawk proud. All Salt Hawk stuff. Leans down and it, right in my face says, uh, blank you, you blank in sock. And someone, I'm shocked because I'm like, whoa, this lady's like my mom's age and she's cussing at me. And I'm like, whoa, for the first time in my life, I'm caught speechless. I'm like, duh. Sage, you need to tell your mom to chill out. (laughs) (laughs) She's a little overboard on the salt dogs. Somebody from behind me, great friend of mine. He he kind of like grabs me and pushes me and he's like, "That's why we beat y'all two years in a row." And it boom, that's pop. It popped off. We had pop thrown at us, popcorn. People are throwing those little um, bench, you know, like the pads for when you sit on a bleacher. Yeah, people are throwing everything at us. We get down underneath the bleachers and our coach 
Coach Butch Albright goes, hey, nobody's taking a shower. Get out of your stuff and let's get the hell out of here. And we're like, yeah! We get on the bus and we're like, oh, it's going to take seven hours to get from Hutch to Manhattan in a bluebird. This is where we stink. We smell so bad. But it was that was the craziest opposing fan situation I had ever been involved in to this day. They were so mean. They were crazy. Well, you know what? When I played, I was in the NCKL. And that's so... known for brutality. So if you want me to go ahead and give a shout out to the rudest fan base I've yes. ever experienced yes. right now. Abilene was all right. Mm. Um, I don't re- recall anything. Chapman. No. Ch- Chapman, <laughs> please. Uh, get ready for this, Lindsay. Wamigo. Oh, no. Wamigo oh. knows how to chirp. Hey, and we've got a uh, weather update from Sage. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. Back then, I mean, the the two specific things I can remember is actually one with Wamigo, one with Riley County, but both Ooh. had to do with the cheerleaders. Like, as in, it happened in both places where a cheerleader got in my face and said, either you suck or you're going to lose, with some extra words thrown in there. No. A couple of F words, sure. and maybe not the one you're maybe thinking of. Hmm. Uh, it got it went that far. Wow. That happened at Wamigo and Riley County. The, the, the cheer squads at Wamigo are hardcore, man. What is that about, I know. dude? I know. I was shocked. <laughs> I was going to say shocked. I mean, it was, you know, but uh, wow. I, I responded. I said something back. It was yeah. no big deal. But uh, man, Wamigo, come on, baby. What's Wamigo that is some trash talkers. Wow. Yeah, I, they were big time trash talkers back in the day. They also had a player that was a big trash talker. I'll never forget. And I lit him up one game. Oh, Damn. I was so happy. I was so happy about that. And that's because his offensive line sucked. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't. It left completely unblocked. Wow. I was like, "What are you doing?" Oh, they're locked. I'm a they're, nose guard. What? Do you, how do you leave a nose guard? <laughs> they're watching unblocked. film. They're watching film. They go, "You're leaving the nose guard unblocked." Come on, guys. Wow, Wamiko getting picked apart right now. But they deserve it if they're talking like that. The cheerleaders. I remember Concordia's coach. One time ripped our head coach because we kicked a field goal mm-hmm. with like three minutes left in the game. We were up a couple of scores. And we never kick field goals. So we mm. gave this opportunity for our kicker to get out there and earn some points <laughs> and just like, yeah! completely skipped the line and went up to my coach and said, that was classless BS. Wow. I was like, come. I, I heard the whole thing. I was a sophomore that year. Uh, no, I was a junior. That was my junior year. Uh, and I remember our coach afterwards, like, Telling the giving the whole team an apology. I mean, he he was really apologetic about it, but I didn't think that it was all necessary. No. Um, what are you supposed to do? Punt? Come on, man. Come on. High school, it's man, it's, it's crazy serious. sometimes. Serious. Especially back when, when I was playing. Like did fan bases the teams did not like each other. No. Back then. It was it was pretty brutal back then, especially because there were some really good teams mm-hmm. back then. Clay Center was really good my mm-hmm. sophomore year. Uh, I remember Chapman was really good back in 2007. And, man, the fan base. Also, I remember Holton. Holton used to have some hot fan bases back then. They were good. They've been good for yeah, a long time. Yeah, they were good time. back then, they, too. They've been, they're one of those teams that's always cropping up. And so I think they're like, yeah, it's time to turn. All right. I, that's the that's the Brooke Barta, Brooks Barta effect, <laughs> by the way, yeah. because they stunk for years. Oh. Any more stories you guys want to get out there real quick? Yeah. No. I. We'll keep some in reserve for another time. That's right. I have I have one more. Uh, my grandpa is the worst fan 
<laughs> He's out there talking trash, and I'm talking like, you know, seventh grade Manhattan Parks and Rec baseball. He's out there like, we need a pitcher, not a belly inch. And I'm like, come on, man. Take it easy, man. This is this kid's in seventh grade. And, he's and like, you're the pitcher? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, leave me alone, Grandpa. He's a trash talker. Shout out to Joe. I'm trying to improve my curveball. Uh, yeah, and he's like, yeah, you should. It stinks. All uh, right, let's take a really quick break. Number one song of the day is up next. One of the damnedest songs I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Freebird, from 1988, Baby I Love Your Way, Freebird Medley by Will to Power. Two weeks at number one. Let's just turn it up and listen to it. course is coming up, but uh, the uh, name of the group, Will to Power, is from a German philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche. It's his thing. He just came up with it. Yeah. Dance pop group that started in Miami in the late 80s by producer... Bob Rosenberg, he's the male singer, which, by the way, is coming up in the medley part. Go ahead, Sage, turn it up. How about that, right? So funny to me. This is, I know. I think what you said uh, fits perfectly. The damnedest song. Listen to this. <laughs> listen to this part right here. <laughs> here it comes. <laughs> it's so funny to me. That's weird. Okay, where was I? So. Rosenberg at the time he specialized in freestyle music in Miami. His his partner at the time was Susie Carr, who's singing right now. But over time, over the last thirty five years, he's had ten different sidekicks, <laughs> three studio albums, two top forty hits. This was their only number one, and from their first album, Will to Power. Well, neither uh, Peter Frampton had Baby I Love Your Way. Leonard Skinner had freebird of course neither band had a number one or artists had a number one song but uh, this medley happened to go number one so this this melody was born out of necessity because in the summer of 87 rosenberg he had a surprise hit in florida with a song called dream and it was a big dance track and it got him signed to epic records hmm. but here's the problem they wanted a record he didn't have any other songs so he had to just absolutely work his tail off in a short amount of time to come up with enough songs for an album. And he remembers just listening to the radio and hearing Baby I Love Your Way. 
his brain put it together randomly with Freebird. He's like, all right, I'm going to try to make this work. I'm either going to bomb or have a hit. It became somehow, some way, as goofy it is, a hit. Baby, I love your way. That part of it, to me, is just fine. Sure. It has that 80 sound to it. I could hear it as a hit for Mm -hmm. sure. It sounds good. Throwing in Freebird is questionable. <laughs> it is, and it works. You know, it's just odd. Really just odd. But you know what, man? It, it, they, he did it. He did a great job. Yeah, there's no story behind why it was Freebird. It just popped into his head to use Freebird. Popular song. Let's put it together and turn it into a hit. like it. So it turns out, though, Peter Frampton heard this, and, you know, he was never a guy that had a lot of airplay for his songs. <laughs> but when he heard this on the radio, he's like, you know, maybe people do like my music, but even though it wasn't his do. version of the song. Right. So it encouraged him to get back out there and record some music. <laughs> Meanwhile, for Skinnerd, they got back together as in the reformation of a band after the plane crash 10 years prior, got back together after the song was released. They didn't release any new music until about four years later, but this is also giving credit for Leonard Skinner deciding to get back together, even though Ronnie Van Zant, who co-wrote um, Freebird, <laughs> along with Alan Collins, is no longer with us. His brother takes over, who doesn't have a 16th of the talent that Ronnie Van Zant does. The modern Leonard Skinner, to me, does not sound great. It's not good. No. I would. I don't want to go see him in concert. Yeah. I saw him at the, the Kansas State Fair in Hutchinson. And uh, they really blew it. Let me tell you, they they blew it. It was terrible. Now, this was not the first medley to hit number one in America. This is a future number one song of the day, but Troy, do you remember Stars on 45? Yep. Yeah. Their medley called Stars on 45? Yep. Back in the, (laughs) I want to say, uh, 82 maybe? Close, 81. Wow. Wow. And that and they put together a bunch of popular songs. Yeah. Hey, this song is freaking me out, it's man. Weird, I, yeah, isn't it's weirding it? me but out. But it like it's it's kind of like a chucky doll. I don't doll. hate it. Yeah, it's a chucky doll. Like at first you're like, ah, oh, it's kind of funny. And then now you're like, you know what? Go ahead. Shut it shut it oh, off. Here it is. Ugh. Here let's hear it again. I got this part. And this bad Oh, Ronnie, I'm so sorry. He's the first Jack Black who just, like, changes the way the song is sung. (laughs) Just because he's feeling it, man. VH1 actually used this song on the greatest one-hit wonders of all time, even though though Will to Power is technically a two-hit wonder. But this song came in at number 97 Ah. of the greatest one-hit wonders of the 80s. Yeah. All right. Sage, get us out when we need to get out. If you're ready, DG, we can get to some... Ask us anything. Hey, today is National Earl Day. Speaking of my name is Earl, um, what is your favorite old name? Like, my, I, th- I think Earl is a cool name. I don't know why. Earl is cool, um, boy. I mean, does anybody name their kids Richard anymore? No, that's kind of an old name. Yeah. It's, it's John, Richard, Peter, Paul. Like, it's kind of that going on. I, I've always liked Richard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My father-in-law's name. Mm. Don't like it. Oh, stop it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Herman. 
Oh, yeah, dude. Not a lot of Hermans rolling around. No, I don't know any. Salute, Grandpa. (laughs) That's awesome. So, Jay? Are there any, like, Heralds or Ruths running around nowadays? Wow, no. Doubt it. No. like those. Ruth is a heck of a name. I had an Aunt Ruth. Aunt Ruth. They're always Aunt Ruth. That's perfect. Okay. What is uh, what movie have you watched more than five times and it's still good, no matter how many? Jesus, times. where do I start? I'm sure right? Troy and Sage and DG could all put a list of a thousand uh, together, at but at I least mean, saddles, let me just um, put Shawshank out there. Let's get it out of the uh, way. Nobody Tommy else. Boy, Tommy, uh, yes, Major um, League. Oh I, God, yes. I, last night, no, I kind of combined it with two nights ago. Watched Major League Back to the Minors. Oh, God. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's actually not as terrible as you guys think. Yeah. It's okay. The second one was so bad. Well, the main dude. character. You didn't like the second one? I, I thought it was not. okay. It, it was just badly done. But I thought the main character in Back to the Miners is actually, he does a really good job in that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of playing a likable manager that has to deal with a dingbat that is the manager of the twins. Sage? I was actually just thinking about this question the other day when I was re-watching National Treasure. I was like, I love this movie, and I've watched it a bajillion times at this point, but it's so good. Shout out to Nick Cage, man. I like him as an actor. People give him a hard time, but I think he's really talented. I don't know, man. Goodfellas. Yes. I mean, that's always on TV. Casino, The Goonies. All right, we need to bounce. For Sage, DG, Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.